Blog Talk Radio. It's January 21st, 2018. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living radio show, where progressives for change present opinions of matter. Tonight we're joined by co-hosts David Fillion and Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Remember, good, and I mean good, leadership is never about power or control, but rather for the honor and the privilege. Let me repeat that. Honor and privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. There's a whole lot of folks in southeast Michigan tonight that need to understand what I just said. To be sure, each and every member of the leadership team of Working for a Living is committed to returning our union, the UAW, I'm going to repeat, our union, O-U-R, union, the UAW, to a labor ethos, and that ethos administered in the interest of all the rank-and-file membership. Having said that, we certainly hope most of you had stayed safe and had a, a wonderful Martin Luther King holiday weekend this past week. On to our announcements. Remember that Team Working for Living supports Medicare for Everyone and removing the $127,000 cap on earnings that are subject to participation in Social Security. That means everybody would pay their fair share, whether you made a dollar or you made $5 billion last year. Announcement two, USA, reported, uh, USA Today reported that automation could kill 73 million jobs in the U.S. by 2030. That's not so far away. That's only 12 years away, folks. So we better start talking about that. And so far, nobody has. It's a plank of working for a living to begin a task force as soon as we ascend to leadership. So support us, and we will do what hasn't been being done. Announcement number three. On January 15, 2018, great celebration was had on Martin Luther King Day across our country. On January 15, 2018, as many of you already know, the, uh, the MEA endorsed, announced its endorsement for Gretchen Whitmer for governor of the great state of Michigan. Announcement number five, General Electric has acknowledged a $31 billion ticking time bomb regarding their pension fund. Announcement number six, Toledo Blade reported that the UAW vows to fight outsourcing of truck drivers. More on that later today in the show. Uh, announcement number seven, National Labor Advocate and current chair of Working for a Living, Leroy McKnight, was uh, joined by joined on Morris Ray show Sunday. 20, the January 21st, WKBN uh, 570, uh, and that was held this morning. I'm pleased to report that it went off well. 
thank you to our friend that posted that around the uh, Internet. And for all those who listened in this morning, or will be listening in on the link, uh, that's 570WKBN.com. Uh, announcement number eight, <clears throat> Title 29 USC 481G is a federal law that prohibits using dues dollars to promote a union candidate. Should, be, should you be approached by anyone being paid or otherwise using dues dollars to promote any candidate, please email workingforaliven at workingforaliven.com with a date, time, place, and name of the person who contacted you, along with the nature of what you were told. Thank you very much, listeners. The reports have been just flowing in. Just flowing in. Okay, on to our email and messages. Obviously, we have been getting a number of uh, messages about uh, those uh, candidate, the people supporting candidates, uh, and uh, being told that by folks that are on the clock or events that have taken place with the promotion of union dues dollars. So uh, there's a number of those. I don't know if we're going to continue to report on those that come in or not, but uh, they're coming in a lot of them, and we thank you for that. Uh, the second email. Uh, this is in regard to uh, the post that we had. Awesome. I cannot wait for Gretchen to be our next governor. And that was from Michigan. Thank you to all our email uh, and message persons. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, this week's uh, quote is still appropriate this week. Uh, we used last week's. Uh, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Let me repeat that again. This is our quote for the week, and it was last week, and we just decided to run it again because it's so appropriate today. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And that was by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., Thank you so very much for everything that you contributed, uh, and you are being remembered. You are being remembered, and will be remembered years into the future. I see we have a full switchboard already, so let me get uh, Brother Jeff here. Hello, Brother Jeff. How are you? I'm a little under the weather, Leroy, but uh, I've been fighting the flu all weekend, so. Okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm hoping you're getting over that. I you know I know you've had it for a while, and uh, that's why we uh, when we made the uh, uh, posting for the show out today, we said that you're just going to be with us in kind of spirit only. And as you feel uh, able, go ahead and comment. But I know you're not feeling well, Jeff, and uh, I hope you get better soon. This flu is something else. Uh, they reportedly, you know, it has killed over 100 people in California. They've had to set up tents around the hospitals uh, to care for those folks with this flu. It's a pretty bad one. So um, I'll bring the other co-host on. Hi, hi, David. Hey, Larry, Jeff. How are hey, you guys Dave. doing tonight? 
hoping you'll been doing pretty well. recover. Hoping you'll recover bit. soon from the flu, Jeff. Uh, I hope so. It got it got cold over the on the box this past week, and I felt it coming on Wednesday night. And Friday morning, it hit me uh, very very hard. Yeah. I know it's awful cold on the dock. Yeah. Oh, we wish you the best there. David, have you got anything going on over in your neck of the woods there? Um, no, not really. Some melting going on today. Um, saw some uh, interesting photos of quads being pulled out of Saginaw Bay. Uh, people are dumping their equipment in. Can't imagine it's cheap to have those retrieved, but by God, they're willing to cross pressure cracks. <laughs> Anything yeah. for a fish, or some fun, and the fun turns into you know tragedy. Um, I see you uh, uh, posted some pictures of uh, perch. Um, that seemed like you did pretty good there. Looked like one day last week. Yeah, I got fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, it's you know it's been busy around here this week. Uh, before I start any of the reports, I just want to say, in in my opinion, I've always held out hope that our union isn't completely dysfunctional. And today, today, unfortunately, I had the epiphany that our union is, in fact, completely dysfunctional and needs to be removed and replaced. The leadership at the top has allowed some of this to occur, but there are leaders at the local union level who, uh, in my opinion, uh, need to be educated in a way that they understand what right and wrong is. Uh, so we'll make sure they get such education, and if they don't respond properly, we'll see to it that other may occur. Um, uh, so having said that, uh, I know, Jeff, you're not going to have much of a report on the Constitution this week because you just really can't talk at all, but hang in there, brother, and I'll defer to David now to uh, continue. This is a third of a series on the uh Warren memo, uh, and that was uh, uh, written in 1983, and the report that David is uh, giving, uh, uh, reporting on, or the article that David's reporting on, is from 1984, and we'll tell you now that that was by uh, Professor John Russo from Youngstown State University. He was the director of labor studies at the time. He's now on special assignment to Georgetown University. Uh, this professor had amazing insight as to what may happen in the future. And David, if you could re recap just a little bit, just the highlights, especially those things that were uh, intended to be done. And this was written in 83, remember. Uh, if you could highlight, please, uh, before you get into this week's report so that people would have a little baseline from what's going on before. If you would, please, go ahead. All right. Um, yeah. 
one of the things that uh, the objective was that the memo revealed that GM hoped to eliminate 80,000 to 100,000 jobs by 86. Um, I'm pretty sure that they met that target. Um, and in the goal to do that, um, there were objectives that GM planned to elicit employee cooperation without surrendering traditional rights. Um, they're talking about management rights. Um, it hopes to replace formal bargaining with continuous agreements. Um, we now have that, what we consider living agreements. By the way, living agreements um, go on during the course of the contract as well. Um, changes get made. Um, a lot of you experience that on the plant floors. Um, one of the um, interesting things that was um, also said by John Russo was that uh, should um, plan be put into place, it would set worker against worker and local union against local union. Appendix K language um, pretty much describes what they're talking about there. Um, the same language, that's the competitive um, agreement in all of our contracts. In the GM contract, it's Appendix K. They also um, intended to um, utilize um, active hourly workers, um, non-skilled, and teach them to um, perform skilled trades work. Um, we've seen some of that um, taking place. I think that about covers it, Leroy. Um, Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll start. Let me, um, let me jump in and add just a little bit, David, as, as we do your recap ahead. here. Uh, let it let it be known that uh, this is written in 1984. Remember, and uh, the uh, UAW members, us, in 1982, each of us gave up $5,500 in wages, deferred wages, COLA. And lost personal holidays, paid personal holidays, and holiday bonuses, and bonus holidays, $5,500 annually. Okay, that wasn't, you know, just one year. That was forever for, for every member. And that was intended. The intended purpose for that is to make our jobs even more secure. And they've t they, over the years, they've taken that money and invested it overseas, money that came out of our hands, our UAW hands into the company's hands for the purpose of making our jobs more secure and have taken our jobs offshore for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the uh, tax imbalances that occur overseas with the United States, but also for the benefit of lower wages in large part. And we no longer participate in that uh, 
those entities overseas were considered as part of the bankruptcy. As a matter of fact, Australia uh, prohibits uh, overseas from their overseas actions to affect any businesses in their uh, their own country. In other words, if General Motors went bankrupt in the United States, Holden, GM Holden in, in Australia would not be affected at all by their federal laws. Also, they uh, uh, intended to take away what guaranteed income stream that only protected the highest of in, uh, seniority, and that guaranteed you 90% of your wages with a sliding scale down to 10 years of about 50% of your wages should you get la laid off uh, due to uh, loss of jobs to overseas. Uh, and uh, during the 1982 uh, agreement, uh, they uh, lost prorated pro supplemental income so uh, for high seniority workers um, and then they uh, in, like you said intended to uh, lose a hundred thousand workers they also wanted to take Ola a uh, cost of living allowance was negotiated with both of those by Walter Ruther two percent annual improvement factor every year regardless of situation and any full uh, 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 payment, and they wanted to uh, change all of that into pr the proposal for profit sharing. All of these things have occurred. Each and every one of those things have occurred, and we knew about this way back in 1983, and then this was leaked out and then reported on by this article by John Russo. And that's by way of recap up to now, and David's going to take us into the third section of this uh, series here. Thank you, David. Okay. The third objective of the GM plan concerns outsourcing. Over the last decade, the production of automobile components and subassembly operations has been shifted to both domestic and foreign producers where there are low wages and poor work conditions. The results of these shifts has been permanent layoffs for American workers. According to the internal document, GM will attempt to retain the current procedures regarding outsourcing decisions and pursue fair implementation by management and avoid infringement of management's right to affect internal sourcing decisions. Furthermore, GM will attempt to facilitate a competitive approach to subcontracting. That is, it will continue to subcontract as much work as possible to outside facilities so that work at these facilities will be forced to compete against each other and be disciplined by the marketplace. GM's cavalier attitude toward outsourcing once again points up the weakness of the 1982 agreement. According to the 82 GM UAW report mentioned earlier, the UAW had one language that addressed critical issues of outsourcing. The company agreed to make earnest efforts to maintain employment opportunities equivalent to those now encompassed 
occupy the total of all plants covered by the national agreement. Specifically, the company pledged to use its best efforts to replace jobs which may be lost by outsourcing action and commits itself to create, where feasible, new prospects for growth. Furthermore, the UAW told its members that it achieved a moratorium on plant closings as a result of outsourcing. But the flood of outsourcing has not stopped. GM often circumvents the moratorium issue by merely outsourcing elements of the production process and technically not closing any plants. To make matters worse, the moratorium on plant closings resulting from outsourcing ends in April of 84, five months prior to the termination of the agreement. That's where we leave off this week, Leroy. Okay, thank you, David. Uh, let me ask Jeff first. Jeff, do you have any comments on, on that? I know it's General Motors specific, but and you're from Ford, but this is uh, uh, something that has come to pass in all uh, three of the Detroit Three uh, contracts. Uh, so would you have any comment on that, Jeff? Uh, no, I don't, Leroy. Okay, thank you. I uh, just wanted to... Uh, uh, give you the opportunity. Uh, folks, as you can see, most of this has come true. And they're not playing. Okay? They really have put a plan together 35 years ago. 30, what's that? 30, 83? Well, 84 or 35, depending on what day it was written. Uh, so we're real close. We're, we're we're closing in on 35 years ago. None of this happened all at once. And you need to understand that. There was a plan in place to take us on as a union. And they have been successful in everything that's in this plan, each and every element, to diminish, suppress wages, outsource jobs to uh, part suppliers, independent part suppliers, and offshore them to countries that we don't, some of them, we don't even know that where they put them. There's so many places they've you know, tucked away these little jobs. And they've been successful at doing it. And this is sad that we didn't, as a union, put up any more of a effort to stop all this and educate the general public on what was being done and how that hurts them. So, David, do you have anything else to add to that? Um, I remember the period of time. Um, you know our plant in Lansing was, um, she said that thing must have been three miles long, Leroy. Um we had all kinds of uh, work in our plant, injection molding, um, multitudes of uh, stamping. Um, we had, we built gas tanks. Um, all of these things began to disappear on us. Um, some of them were specific to plant closings. Um, one of them was uh, the M-Van, 
defenders that we lost. Um, that was um, due to the loss of uh, an entire plant um, in Baltimore, Maryland. They built the M vans. So that sucked work out of our plant and others too, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Watched it all yeah. happen. Pieces and We've parts disappear. You know, uh, let me take a second, just off as an aside. Uh, we, we do have quite a full switchboard. If anybody has anything that you want to add to this discussion, uh, please press 1. That raises your hand in our switchboard, and we'd be happy to try and uh, bring you on if you want. So I know there's a lot of you here listening. We appreciate that. Uh, but we don't want to be ignoring anybody here that has, uh, you know, something they really want to contribute. Uh, with that said, let me begin my week-long uh, report, uh, and I hope it's not a, a week long, but it has been a real busy week. Uh, obviously, on Monday we had uh, the uh, anniversary or, or the celebration uh, and it's actually the anniversary of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, I believe, is the 16th, and they've always sort of put it in on a Monday near the middle of January, uh, and that varies from year to year, but it's a federally recognized holiday. And there were celebrations all across the nation for this great man, and, and we were happy to uh, lend our p part to that as we could. Uh, many of us were able to attend our local. Uh, I uh, wasn't able to go to the local one here, attended a celebration that was dual uh, in uh, its own uh, purpose. I was invited uh, to participate in uh, at, at Centerline, Michigan, at the uh, Wolf Middle School. Amazing, nice uh, little school. It's right in the middle of um, uh, working uh, class homes, and you know, really proud people in the neighborhood. Very uh, helpful, and it was a cold day. It was uh, very uh, recip uh, well received. This large group that seemed to ascend on their neighborhood, and uh, they, they were very friendly. And we went into the school, and they were all very friendly. And the president of the MEA, Paula uh, Herbert, uh, met everybody as they came in. And what a wonderful, wonderful organization, the MEA, Michigan Asso or Education Association. And they had a tribute to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And then uh, they had an announcement I was pleased to be invited to this announcement uh, to uh, for the MEA to endorse Gretchen Whitmer as the governor uh, uh, in this uh, election uh, that's going to be held here this fall, spring and fall. There's uh, two other uh, opponents on the Democratic side and two on, on the uh, Republican side thus far. Uh, so... Gretchen has uh, Gretchen Whitmer is her name. She was the uh, house rep for my district for 
uh, three terms. She served six years as, as my House rep. She served two terms as my senator here in the Lansing area, and she uh, was the leader, minority leader, of the uh, Senate, Michigan Senate, upon her uh, leaving ter as term limited in the Senate. And that's a whole different uh, uh, argument and discussion about term limits, but for now, uh, that's enough said that she was term limited in both of those. She subsequently, uh, upon the removal of a prosecutor here in Ingham County, she served for six months, a little, I think, seven months as prosecutor for Ingham County. So she's well experienced in the legislative and the uh, um, judicial branch, uh, even though she wasn't a judge. But that's uh, considered to be the judicial branch prosecutor, the general. Um, and uh, now she aspires to be part of the executive branch, and we wish her well. We we had a lot of good comments uh, to the posts that we made, some discussions uh, about that, uh, and uh, they were uh, challenging at times uh, in the threads on social media, and we appreciate the challenges. Uh, they asked questions about her. I uh, had the opportunity to answer a few, and others answered a few. I believe that people's um, uh, questions got answered in every every uh, way, and a lot of our members now feel pretty comfortable that Gretchen has the interest of working men and women in mind. And that's what was said by her uh, at this event. She said, you know, we, uh, making sure the job base in our state and nation is uh, addressed and those jobs that we can get back, uh, that we do. Our job base needs to be protected and restored. And she said that. She was especially uh, um, outreaching to the uh, teachers themselves, saying things like, you know, teachers shouldn't have to pay for pencils and paper out of their own, and other supplies out of their own pockets or rather should be paid for by the institution which they uh, are teaching in. And, you know, we'd like to see that occur. And when we have a broader tax base with higher wage jobs that working for a living would like to join with her and help create, uh, then those monies will be available to educate. She went, she went further to say, that all of these things done in the name of education are important. Not only important, the economy of Michigan and the nation demands it. It absolutely demands a high edu education, high quality education for all students. She said that she was a product of the public school system and her children currently are a product of the school system because they attend there. Gretchen Whitmer will be a good governor should she be elected. I encourage our own union leadership to endorse her with great uh, speed, not delay.
certainly coordinate that with her own campaign. But she's the front runner. She's 34 points up. And dead heat with the Republican. So it's time to act. The membership seems to be comfortable, at least in the social media, that this has occurred. We had a lot of good positive feedback and some challenges, but I believe that the people that made the challenges are at least comfortable in the knowledge that we have access, that we can work with this person, and that the, and that Gretchen herself has the ideas and ideals of working men and women in in their in her mind and those people around her. So we would ask that our leadership take action sooner rather than later. Um, through the week, we had uh, a number of things occur uh, that I had meetings with some of the high-level uh, other unions. And uh, uh, for now, uh, there's some really nice things going on. But for now, I really can't, I'm not at liberty to, to say, just know that we're working uh, on some things that are very, very nice and amazing, just absolutely amazing, and bring in high-quality jobs, high-wage jobs. Uh, and uh, this is multi-state, so it's not just in Michigan. Uh, and this has the potential of getting bigger. Uh, the funding is now an issue, so uh, there's a little more funding needed, and they'll they'll work that out. I'm quite sure. Uh, but they're really nice projects. Uh, so then this morning, uh, I was invited. Uh, actually, several weeks ago, I was invited on the. Morris Ray show on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Now a lot of people were demanding my time this weekend, today especially, but I just was not at liberty to change my schedule. I really apologize for that. But I was on the Morris Ray show for a, a while and then sort of uh, in in queue a little bit, just in case there were questions that needed to be answered uh, for about three hours. But uh, my portion was 30 minutes. Uh, and, and I was available should anything arise uh, for another two and a half. So uh, what we covered, uh, you know, he wanted to talk about unionism and, uh, you know, the uh, report from, I believe, Detroit News uh, came out on Friday that said the nation's uh, unionized rate stayed steady at 10.7% and that Michigan went from 14.4% to 15.6% of the workforce. What they didn't say is, did the workforce stay the same size, or did it shrink and the, and the percentage stayed uh, or, uh, increased a little bit? So that was a little unclear in the report. Uh, however, we'll take the good news and say that it went up 1.2% in Michigan. You know, uh, membership, but I prefaced all of that by saying, you know, you've heard me say it here on the, on the show, and I'm going to repeat it. Uh, the true measure of the health of an economy is velocity of money, and that is how 
much and how fast money is moving through the economy. So that having more money in the hands of the working class adds to the healthy economy because it can be spun faster and faster and concentrated wealth in the hands of just a few hurts the health of the economy because they don't spend it like we do. Not that we're, you know, spend crazy, but, you know, we're spending more than, you know, a million people can spend more than a hundred people can. And that's just good old common sense. So, um, uh, then I went in to say that, you know, economies are made up of really two things, capital and labor. And they result in enterprise. And capital being corporations, money, capital type, and uh, labor being just ordinary workers and sometimes represented by unions. And the result is enterprise. And when enterprise gets out of balance, one side or the other gets hurt. And you've heard us talk about the Powell Memorandum back in 1971, August 23rd, that Lewis Powell wrote and a few months later was rewarded with a Supreme Court justice, U.S. Supreme Court justice position for the balance of his life uh, for having done so. Um, and that was when they thought capital corporations was under attack to some degree that was unacceptable to them. And we were doing pretty well, us union people, and labor in general was doing pretty well. Minimum wage was 41% of first-year industrial wages. Not the suppressed ones that we currently have, but the real ones where there's about $100 an hour. Okay, and that might sound ridiculous to you right now, but that's just about our buying power that we had in the middle 70s compared to today. About three times what first-year industrial wages are was our buying power. That's why people had nice homes, a couple of cars, a boat, snowmobiles, and a cottage up north. Not a mansion, a cottage. Not on the lake, a cottage. If you had two, ho two household income, you might have one on the lake up north if that was what you wanted. But people went up north in droves. The traffic in Michigan going north on Friday night and coming south on Sunday, Sunday night was just unbelievable. People went by the tens of thousands, maybe 100 to 200,000 people drove up the north and south uh, uh, avenues of Michigan to places up north. That is no longer the case. There's still traffic, but nothing like it used to be. There were always just campers and boats. Now we talk about, you know, this Michigan has a tremendous, just an amazing camp, uh, campground selection. Uh, and some of these are now closing and uh, such things. I'm picking up something here. Uh, sorry, just a second here. We'll turn that off. Uh, I picked up some background noise on my computer. I apologize. Uh, but that that's no longer the case. So, but the buying power was there, you know. Uh, I, I use the, the, my own example of a, a Corvette 
I paid $8,200 for in 76. I made 70, or I'm sorry, $27,000. So it was about 30% of what my wages were. The same Corvette with everything on, it's $106,000 now. 30%, if you consider that, it's up into $300,000. Now, admittedly, that's one whole lot of overtime that I work. One whole lot of overtime, but you'd have to work a whole lot of overtime to get to that now. But it's not $150 an hour. It's more like, you know, the $100 an hour. In Germany, where they, too, have had suppressed wages, their uh, wage over there is $64.13. So you can tell that uh, these um, wages have been suppressed just horribly over time. And we need to recover that that, uh, pendulum because we're at the other side of the pendulum now. Capital had the pendulum back in the late 60s, early 70s when they wrote the Powell Memorandum. And now they've gone all the way over the other side, and it's time to start moving back. Last Thursday, they had a discussion on CNBC, and even Larry Kudlow, even Larry Kudlow said that bonuses aren't enough. The bonuses that are being given now by these corporations, by the tax break, aren't enough. They need to have real wage increases in their hourly rate to make things correct again. Even he said it. And I hope all of the people that are on the other side of the the continuum here heard that. You can go check it. But you need to understand even some of those folks that have been labor adversaries and corporate proponents for decades are now saying it's too far out of balance that the velocity of money needs to start coming back. We've been in a 45-degree down angle since 2000. It was way high, and it's been down on a 45-degree angle. It's not good, and that needs to stop. And the only way to stop it, the velocity of money drop, is to get us higher wages. That's the only way we can do that. Okay? So we talked about that in brief on this show. I didn't get into Larry Kudlow, but uh, we did talk about how that uh, continuum has has gone the wrong way, and we are now suffering uh, as labor because of that continuum going so. Um, uh, He also uh, asked what working for a living was. And I explained that, you know, we were founded uh, really in March of 14, but we were officially on the air with our own show on April 4th, 2016. And we are currently a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. Our purpose is to make our union better. And we discussed on uh, the issue of how that occurs and that is by uh, the election of delegates at the local union by secret ballot that then go to the convention and vote for leadership at the convention. Uh, And it was brought up that long ago, the UAW, there's a federal law that says uh, 
you can have one person, one vote, or, conven or delegate convention uh, election. And uh, the federal law says that, and the UAW selected the latter delegate uh, convention election. So each local union will send a complement of delegates to convention. And we asked on that show, and we ask on this show, that you elect uh, delegates that support us, that you identify. We'll try and help you do that. Help you build the coalition in every local. We're doing that now. And you, some of you are already getting emails and things, so uh, because you've asked, you know, accepted the invitation to join our team. Uh, and that's done by just paying attention as you navigate the Internet, and you'll be given an invitation, everybody. So just pay attention, and you'll see our little logo there. It says join the team with the logo underneath it. And while we have that on our pages, we haven't connected those yet with uh, a, a spot because we're trying to maintain a little bit of organization out of all of that. So, uh, But you'll have the opportunity uh, to join at some point in a more formal way. And we'll help you to select and help you to do the things that uh, are required. There's four different categories. Running for delegate, being a challenger for the election, also to uh, pass out literature to poll for those candidates in your local, and then just be a supporter. Just go and, and support the team whether it's a team from your local or the leadership team, it's assembled. So uh, we have some great people. Uh, I want to reiterate that our team is under attack by our opposition, who controls a lot of power. There's been two people that have been discharged. One quit. He was elected. Three are now barred under appeal from participating in the union functions. That's under appeal. A lot of things went terribly, terribly wrong because of the power that was abused in that process. It was something that was supposed to be done in abeyance by the highest authority in our union ordered it to be held in abeyance and that order was ignored today. And we'll see exactly and specifically what comes from that as well. But our team is under attack. Some of these people you'll read about 100 years from now in a very, very positive way. But right now they're feeling pretty bad. They didn't do anything wrong. All they did is try to keep our union free from a narcotics felon. And now they're barred for standing up and doing the right thing. 
I'm going to tell you, there will be essential justice for the injustice that occurred today. Because our team, working for a living, stands up to corruption at every level. And when we do, we will not sit idly by while you vilify and persecute our members for doing the right thing. There will be retributions for having vilified these members. And damn you for doing it. Uh, So that was sort of my report this morning. I didn't get into all of that about our team under attack, but you need to know that. I guess our team is largely sequestered because of the things that have gone on around us. The people that are slotted in the spots are not coming forward until it's time, and that will be late April, early May, and you'll get a chance to see each and every one of those people. We're not coming out like some other folks willy-nilly, without a care in the world, just think it's a game. This isn't a game. People's lives and livelihoods are being destroyed because of our challenge to the current leadership. And those of you listening need to understand just exactly what that means when it comes to what our membership, leadership, means to you. If somebody stands up for what's right, fair, just, and proper, team working for a living will never, ever vilify that person for doing the right thing. And we need your support in order to change our union. It's your union, our union, and people that have no scruples are in charge of it. That's wrong. Part of what happened this afternoon, after I was on that, we had the women's rally here march here in Lansing. There were a number of women's marches around the country yesterday, and they were all very successful. And everybody left energized, and committed to essential justice for our whole nation. This has just gone on beyond the pale everywhere, and it needs to stop. It simply needs to stop. Everybody needs to start getting on a page that benefits our country. Let's say country first. Even when we talk about wages and things, let's do it country first. We'll get there. This can be done. It really can be done. We have a lot of work to do. We even have to take a look at maybe changing our tax structure. But understand, we will work in every way to the benefit and positive of our country. Uh, After the women's rally, or just about the same time as it, at the auto show, and I was invited, but I tell you, I just couldn't make it today. I really apologize. Uh, There's just a lot of uh, demands on my time. And there's just certain things I just can't make, especially if you come in late with your request. Having said that, they had a rally by the Toledo Workers Local 13, 
and uh, there's um, a movement by the plant, by the company, uh, Chrysler, to lay off the truck drivers that uh, deliver things to the plants. I guess there's 88 of them. Some 15 or 16 have already been laid off, and there's a move to get them all laid off. Now, I can tell you from my experience at Local 659, it's General Motors local union, and it's an amalgamated local union. It at one time had down in what's called down in a hole, Chevy down in a hole. That's where I hired in. The second day I worked there, I'll remind you that an old sit-downer come by and grabbed me by the shoulder and said, people died right here on this sidewalk. We were walking out. People died right here on this sidewalk so you could work here today. And don't you ever forget it. And, and I have not. But that's one of the locals, or one of the amalgamated locals' units with Chevrolet in the hole. And they had a press division, and they had a motor division chairman for both, both both parts okay chairpersons and then they had um, uh, the parts division out in Swartz Creek was part of it they had the motor plant they had uh, metal fab and they had a small trucking division and that trucking division had flow back rights into the other plants if they got laid off, in particular into Chevy and the whole. As a matter of fact, we had committeemen. They were men. Committeemen that were from the trucking division that actually represented some of the people in the plant at Chevy. So they literally could flow into that same group inside Chevrolet within that committee district. Here, it appears as though at Chrysler, they have, you know, the leadership has allowed these things to be separated, like this Powell or the Warren memo said, that David's reporting on now, has separated these things, these entities. So now they don't even have flow rights back into the group, and the low person in the whole facility would get laid off not somebody with, you know, 13 years is one of these. And they intend to lay off all 88 of them. And that's just wrong. We need to start to bring everybody back under the master agreement so we have these protections for all our members and not be so divided and disjointed so that when we stick up for one, we stick up for us all because we all could be in that situation. All of us. You know, they asked me on the show today, on the morning show, uh, about the tiers. Mar Morris Ray asked me. Uh, we, we have two tiers. And I told him, I says, no, as, as of the 2015 agreement, we have six tiers. And that's just inside the facility. That's not even considering all the jobs that have been outsourced and dispatriated out to other countries. Six tiers. He wanted me to get into them on the show. I said, we probably don't have time. I did mention on the show, I'd take a Philadelphia lawyer to figure it all out. 
I'll go over them right here for you now, though, because we have a little more time than he had. First, you have your tier, first tier wage. That's the old legacy wage. And you have a few people that have legacy wages. The second tier would be legacy wages without a pension. First tier has a pension. That's two. Then you have in progression. That's three. You have tier two, where they've been promoted from temporary to tier two, but they're not in progression yet. That's four. You have full-time temporaries, and you got part-time temporaries. That's six. Six tiers. He asked me about how we'd fix that. And I told him, and by the Constitution of the United States, it is illegal to have a second class within a class of the same people. And in this instance, people making different wages, standing side by side, doing the same job with the same seniority status, that they are a seniority employee, and no pathway to it. Towards it, they tried to uh, you know, correct that last time, but they didn't do a real good job because it still exists. There's no real defined pathway. It's only at the, the pleasure of the parties that any new people get put into that in, in progression. Work them off a of temporary. He asked me how we'd fix it, and I said it's illegal. Before 2007, it was the tenants of our negotiating to be mindful that we not create a second class within a class. People at high-level bargaining positions and I had discussions over that issue many times. You know, how would we address X? we got to make sure we don't have a second class within a class. It's illegal to do that. I believe it's the 14th Amendment. Equal protection under the law. That applies to government, but over the years, case law has opened that up to the public sector, private sector, sorry, private sector, which means us. It goes beyond the public sector into the private sector. That's us. So you can't create a second class within a class. And once we ascend to leadership, we'll correct all of this tiers, these six tiers in the temporary situation so that there's a pathway to seniority and a pathway to full wage that's in writing. And the corporations don't have any choice because it's quite frankly illegal to do. And we have allowed that beginning with the 2007 agreement where we have half-wage jobs. And we're going to get them back to full-wage jobs. You'll start here. You'll have a probationary period. Once you get attain seniority, like it, the contract says 90 days, you take that one language out of there about the temporary. That part about temporary is appendix uh, uh, D. And then you uh, re-implement uh, in a General Motors agreement, paragraph 57, says 90 days, and that's what we're going to strive for because these agreements have been tainted 
with what you're reading about in the newspapers. We're going to address all that. Nobody else is even talking about. It. They're just raising their hand. They want to. Be, um, I'm going to be. I'm going to be uh, vice president of the FCA. Well, guess what? There is no slot for vice president of FCA or Ford or General Motors. At convention, the vice president spots are at large, and only the president assigns the vice president positions. And today on the Morris Ray Show, I was real clear that working for a living is committed to the proper representation of our union. You see, the Detroit Three is one-third right now, approximate. The IPS plants, independent parts suppliers, are one-third. And TOPS, Technical Office and Professional Services, is one-third, approximately. And you can see that representation in our union assignments once working for a living ascends to leadership. Yes, we're still going to be auto workers, and we're still going to have auto worker and Caterpillar and, and John Deere, but we also have Honeywell and Eaton and all of these others, parts suppliers, Federal Mobile, that supply us, and they're one-third right now. If that changes, then we'll readjust. And we also have places like University of California, graduate assistants, University of Columbia in New York, graduate assistants. These are university students. We have state, county, and local union government workers that we represent across the nation, casino workers across the nation, some lawyers. There's even a, a, a writer's local union, people that write for a living. That's all they do is write copy. It's not just the Detroit Three anymore. And we have to be sensitive to the people that we represent in total. We will represent each and every other me- other member Unlike some people who have made bold statements, we'll represent the good people. So be careful of aligning yourself with people that don't have everybody's interest in mind and don't understand that some of the current leadership, what's fair, just, and proper, and how to comply and comport with the federal laws. removal process for people that are convicted felons that fall under Title 29-504 without retaliation that they're protected from. So a lot of things going on, just a lot of things going on. Uh, So we had several reports of activities this week that I participated in and one that I couldn't get to for sure. A lot of good stuff going on. I mean, the uh, uh, folks that I met with through the week 
are doing some amazing things. I've just got to, I, I, I'm not at liberty to, to say what they are, but I can tell you they are absolutely amazing things, and I'm not easily impressed because uh, I'm pretty critical of something that comes before me. But I was convinced uh, that this is some pretty good stuff, and there's some communities that have turned it down, and they're going to be sorry. Lansing's one of them. They turned a thousand jobs down. High wage jobs. It's kind of sad. That's a former mayor here. Uh, having said all that, uh, Jeff, do you have anything on my report? No, you did a good job, Leroy. Thank you for everything you do. Yeah, a lot going on, you know. And I know I got some writing yet to do for you, but um, we'll, we'll get that so you can review it what you think uh, Jeff uh, thank you for everything you do because you know uh, it's been an uphill battle I know for you and I know we're under attack in all ways you know um, keep looking in your rear view mirror because there's likely people watching you <laughs> that you might not even <laughs> realize so just be aware of your surroundings brother uh, David, do you have yeah. anything uh, to say on my report or anything else? No. Um, pretty much followed it all week long. Got a real good job today. Um, did a good job representing the caucus um, at the MEA event. Um, You'll make a fine president of the UAW. A lot of well, other people feel that way, too. Thank you and all the others. I really appreciate that. I do hear that a lot. Uh, I don't get into this isn't about me, as you know. I don't get into it about being me. And we here on the show know uh, the other team members, uh, most everyone. There's a couple that have asked to be sequestered even from the leadership team, but uh, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, because we don't want any people, any any person affected in a negative way just because they p participated in the election process. That's actually protected by federal law. And we'll start to take a look at that in the case of uh, Jeff as well um, and company. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll be uh, talking to some other folks about it outside our circle too so for now uh that's about all i had uh folks just if you have any i know we got a full switchboard here if anybody wants to say anything please press one and i'll, I'll bring you in it's about seven minutes after eight i want to give you a few minutes if you wanted to uh i see one brother here that uh, we've worked with a long time i won't call him out because you know, it's just nice to see him here in the switchboard. He knows who he is, and we've had him on the show before, but I don't want to call him out if he doesn't want to be uh, called out. But I, I want to thank him for being here. We see him from time to time, but I want to take a minute just to recognize him. And uh, thank you for everything you've done, brother. Uh, you know who you are, and uh, you had your own appeal that went clear to the Public Review Board yourself. And thank you for doing that. You did a fine job with that. We tried to help you as best we could. Uh, we're getting support from other groups. Uh, 
to be able to make some of their events, but not all of them. Um, and there's always the issue of uh, is anything being held at a local union that might be perceived as union dues dollars supporting us as candidates. So uh, we want to make sure that we don't get into that situation, and we'll say that here so everybody understands it. Uh, we cannot participate if you invite us to your local union because it does have an air of using dues dollars, and we do not want to have that. And it's not a snub. It's just the way it is. That's the federal law. And maybe we can find a neutral spot uh, to get to some of these events that we're being invited to that are at reunions. Uh, so as the neutral spots uh, manifest themselves, we will get there. We will get there. Just give us a little notice. It gave us enough notice on this one, but, I, you know, we just can't have that perception. And we quote that every week now on the uh, uh, supporting candidates with dues dollars, and we can't participate in that. So having said that, I'll ask, uh, go around the room. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything else to say this evening on any issue, any any topic? Um. No, right. No, I don't. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for everything you're doing, brother. We really appreciate it. Uh, David, do you have anything? Um, no, Lyric. No. Okay, thanks. I don't have anything else. I've probably got long-winded here quite a bit. I hope everybody found value in the show this evening. Um, I have come to the mind that uh, corruption exists that needs to be corrected. Uh, and it is long overdue. Uh, what I saw and witnessed, uh, well, I didn't see it, but what I w heard about today is just simply disgusting, absolutely disgusting. There was supposed to be no action until uh, held in abatement and no action, and they went ahead and said, we got the okay. Well, you didn't have the okay to change the order of the Public Review Board. Pardon me. So I've come to the decision and the conclusion, like all the rest of you have, I finally got there, that it's beyond just needing to re remove and replace. we got corruption that we need to address in our union. It's beyond a pale, and it needs to happen yesterday. So we, we would ask for your support as we continue to address corruption at every level in our union we ask for your support and begin to think about running for delegate or supporting a delegate in your local union. Caucus among yourselves, get in touch with us, and we'll make sure that you get a slate. And that's how get, that's how you're going to win. Okay, having said that, uh, I want to thank all our friends from around the world, Canada and Mexico, all of our local unions and all our listeners in the, in the United States. If you found value in this show, tell just one more person. Tell your buddy, you know, guy or gal. Tell your buddy, whoever, whoever it is. Uh, our email address is workingforaliving at workingforaliving. You can find that uh, spelling just about anywhere on the, in social media. It's around. If you just Google it, it'll, it'll pop up. Uh, listeners, we'd like you to have a, a safe night, a safe week, rather, and... Uh, and we'll see you again uh, on the 28th of January. And have a good night. Good night, David and Jeff.
Good night. Good night, everybody.